Hey everybody, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. One thing my wife failed to mention was the desserts that might get auctioned off. So if you have a, that's where we get most of the money for missions as we auction off these desserts. So if you have a specialty about dessert that you can make, bring that and we'll auction it off for missions, all right? Okay, we're glad that you're here. We're in a series called Predecide. Actually, this is week seven or so. So we're finishing up today. If you want to catch up on some of the past ones, they're on our website and Facebook and all that. Uh, today's topic is when you want to quit. Now, I'm going to ask you the question. Is there some area of your life where you feel like giving up? Now, there's all aspects of life, of course. It could be in a relationship. Uh, those of us that have adult children, it might be, we call them a prodigal. They you raise them in the church, and they left the church, and have nothing to do with God anymore. And you've been praying for that and praying for that, and they just seem to be getting worse. And maybe you feel like giving up there. It might be financially. You're trying to get ahead financially and financially, and all of a sudden you've got this unexpected uh, uh, expense, and then you just feel like giving up. It could be in your health. You've been to see this doctor and that doctor and that doctor and tried this and tried that, and nothing seems to work, uh, especially relationships. Maybe with your, your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, you just keep trying and trying and, and it just doesn't seem to get any better. And most of us have dreams. And maybe you have this dream and if you get to be my age, sometimes it's too late to fulfill those dreams. Um, you kind of lost hope, you've gotten discouraged. Uh, maybe uh, you're, you're desiring to find that right person uh, and you haven't found that right person to spend your life with. And you're getting discouraged, you're getting older and older, I don't know. Um, could be a multitude of things. But we all at times feel like just giving up, don't we? So, one thing to keep in mind is this. It's so much easier to start than it is to finish, right? I won't ask you to raise your hands how many of you have started a diet or exercise program. And you're not doing it anymore, right? You, you, you didn't finish. Um, so, it takes more than starting to finish. So, this lady did a study and I thought it was fascinating. She said, asked the question, what actually separates what we would call average people, most of us are average people, I think, from what we would consider an amazing person? So, there's somebody you know that's, that you would say, they're an amazing person. And so, she did a study, this was in the workplace and in, in the church and other places. And the conclusion she came to was this. It wasn't that they were the smartest. It wasn't they were the richest. It wasn't their most talented. They weren't the best, uh, the good, most good-looking people. Here's what she concluded. The difference is perseverance. The difference between most of us and those special, amazing people is perseverance. She liked to use this word, and I don't hear it too often used anymore, but it's grit. These people have grit, and she defines it this way. The strength of character, so this is a character quality. The strength of character that refuses to quit. Now, I got to think about the people you admire. Think about some people you admire. One reason you, I'm almost guarantee you that you admire them is for this reason, isn't it? Especially in difficult circumstances. They refuse to give up. They refuse to lose hope. They refuse to lose a smile on their face. Those are the people we admire, aren't they? And then she said this, her name 
the name of this lady is Angela Duckworth. She said, enthusiasm is common. It's easy to get people all enthused about something. But endurance, that's pretty rare. Because when the enthusiasm dies off, people seem to disappear, don't they? So, we'll get back to that in a minute. A little bit of review, especially being the last week in this series. We said this, the quality of your decisions determine the quality of your life. Good decisions, good life, not so good decisions, we suffer the consequences, right? And the problem is we're bad decision makers at times, especially when we're under pressure or we get emotional. So what we're saying is we want to, with God's help, God's word and prayer, we want to pre-decide those, well, all decisions, but big decisions in life, right? So when the emotion and the pressure comes, I've already got it figured out. So we're calling this a power. This is a tremendous power to make good decisions, even under stress or pressure or emotions. So then we had to fill in, and we've been filling in with a couple different things in this series. When faced with whatever, week one or first week we talked about, faced with temptation, any kind of temptation, I have pre-decided to be ready. I have a plan of action. I have a plan of escape, right? And um, so, we'll quickly look at the list. We covered I'm ready. Um, we covered I'm consistent. I pre-decided I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be consistent in my case with my PT exercise. I, I, I pre-decided that. I pre-decided I'm going to be devoted. I'm not going to let my devotion to my God, to uh, my spouse, or whatever kind of come and go, right? I'm going to be devoted. Uh, then we talked about being generous. I'm not just going to give sporadically when the Spirit moves me, so to speak, when I'm guilted into giving, whatever it might be. I decided I'm going to be a generous person. Then we talked, I'm going to be faithful, faithful, I'm going to follow through. Today's topic is literally, I am a finisher. I'm going to persevere. I'm a finisher. Now, you can fill lots of things in those blanks, right? I pre-decided I'm going to brush my teeth every night before I go to bed. Um, I thought about, we got some young adults here, some people that are single. I would encourage you to pre-decide that you'll never marry somebody that's not, the Bible says, equally young. If you're a Jesus follower, that they'd be a Jesus follower. Just pre-decide that right up front. Um, pre-decide um, you're going to go to college and you're going to finish college. You're going to pre-decide you're going to enter some kind of vocation and then actually enter that type of vocation. Um, parents, you, hopefully you've pre-decided you're going to bring those children up the best way possible, right? So they become mature uh, adults. So there's all kinds of things you can fill in those blanks. But today's topic is being a finisher. So pre-decide, and here's a rhyme for you to help you remember, that when I commit, I won't quit. Okay? When I commit, whatever it is, little thing, big thing, when I commit, I'm not going to quit. I'm a finisher. So, I'm going to ask the question here. How do we strengthen this character quality, this refusal to quit? So, we're going to look at some things God's Word has to say. First one comes from a guy named Paul. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. And uh, he's writing this near the end of his life. If you know anything about Paul, he, he had a really... Uh, uh, what's that word? Anyway, uh, tumultuous. That's the word I was looking for. Tumultuous life. 
uh, at first he was killing Christians, then he became a Christian, and people were trying to kill him, and he just had a rough time, right? So now he's in prison awaiting death. He's going to say that. He's awaiting death. And he has this, uh, I would call him, uh, uh, he's mentoring uh, a younger preacher, a guy by the name of Timothy, all right? And so we have a couple of letters of his in, in the Bible called First and Second Timothy. This is in Second Timothy, and we're just going to read a couple of verses where he's going to talk about the importance of perseverance. Now, just before this, he talks about you need to preach, you know, preach God's word, and people are, at some point aren't, aren't going to want to hear it. They're only going to want their ears tickled. I thought that was an interesting phrase. And then he picks it up here. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. So when people don't want to hear God's word, when the pressure's on to, you know, say something else, uh, keep your cool, all right? Uh, free to side and, and carry through with it, right? Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. None of us like to suffer, right? Paul suffered tremendously, but he still continued and he still did tremendous work for God. So don't be afraid that suffering is going to cause you to, uh, to work to be in vain. So, he says, work. Work at what? This is work. Telling others the good news about Jesus. Okay. Um, it's, you know, it takes time and energy and effort, right? Tell people about good news about Jesus. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Now, we all have different ministries, right? I've been a pastor for a long time. Some of you teach children. We got people doing music. We got people in the back. Uh, you have ministries of your own, uh, maybe at work. Uh, you got all kinds of ministry. Parents have a ministry to their kids, uh, whatever it might be. So he said, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. What's that mean? <laughs> Don't quit. Don't give up. Right? Then he goes on. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. We usually say, say we pour ourselves into something, right? So we pour, he's poured himself into or poured himself out in his ministry to God, starting churches. Uh, when I was in, he started off in Antioch, as the, as the man on the video said. The time of my death is near. Now notice what he says. I fought the good fight. Folks, living a godly life is not easy, is it? It's a fight. We have an evil one that's trying to destroy us. And so it takes time, energy, effort, right? It takes work. He says, I've done it well. I've fought the fight well. And then we have our word. I have finished. And he calls it a race. I like that. Uh, I don't know how many of you have been in races, but it, it's hard work to race, right? And I have remained faithful. Now, this is certainly one race worth running, isn't it? The race that God has set, set for each of us. And he says, I've done it well, and I've finished well. And he goes on, and he says, there's a prize. There's somebody here that's, that's run the JFK. You get to the end, they give you this cheapo little medal. <laughs> it's a prize. It's not much of a prize, but it's a prize. Uh, now the prize awaits me. This prize is the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. So, 
Are you kind of a little discouraged this morning in some area of life? I don't know. Probably some of us are. A um, little word of advice, easy to remember, I think. If you're not dead, <laughs> I don't think anybody is here fits that category. If you're not dead, you're not done. Right? And uh, we do a, a, a church service this afternoon at a assisted living facility. And um, I'm getting up in there years, but probably almost everybody that's going to come to the service is older than me. And what's a tendency with people as they get older? Um, especially in a facility like that. My purpose on earth is done. In fact, sometimes I say, you know, why don't God just take me? No, 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 no. <laughs> if you still got breath in your lungs, you have value and you have value to God, don't you? Now, I would admit sometimes life gets over, seemingly overwhelming, doesn't it? Just like I can't do it all. And then you start feeling like, I'm not going to do anything. I just can't. I don't have the energy. I'm exhausted from just thinking about it. So I came across this quote that really had, has me thinking. He said, much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. And I'm thinking, that's what I, my, I'm stressed because I have too much to do. No, no, no. He said, this is it. Where it comes from? It comes from not finishing what we start. Yeah, once I can check these things off my to-do list, I don't, they don't stress me out anymore, do it? Goal is to finish what you started. So I'm going to ask you the question. What have you started that you haven't finished? Now, if you're in college in your second year, you just, you have, it takes time, right? There's some other kind of training program. But just, just prayerfully ask God, what have I started that I haven't finished? Let the Spirit of God kind of prompt, bring something to mind. You don't know what it might be. It could be yeah, I've been meaning to write a letter to somebody and I haven't read them or email them or text them or call them. Might be some task around the house. I don't want you to say, well, I haven't finished uh, this watching this series on Netflix. That's not what we're talking about, okay? <laughs> been watching, all right? But seriously, what is, what is there in life that you haven't finished? Now, those of your parents with kids still at home, you're, you're still in process. I was talking to somebody else, actually older than me, that has adult kids, obviously. I said, once you're a parent, that job's never done. <laughs> well, my kids are, what, in their 30s and 40s? Um, job's not done. So, there's a book in the Bible, actually at the end, called Revelation. And John, one of the disciples, wrote it. And uh, in the second and third chapter, he, he addresses, well, he says the Spirit of God's telling him what to write actually seven churches that had already been established. And he says some good things about them and not so good things about them. <laughs> well, in chapter 3, it's addressed to an actual church in Sardis, but now it's 2,000 years later, and we kind of like to evaluate ourselves and our church according to these guidelines of these churches. So this one in Sardis is interesting because it talk, fits a topic we're talking about this morning. So here's Revelation chapter one, uh, 3, verse 1. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. That's Jesus, all right? So he's Jesus' words. He says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead, or mostly dead, because he says, wake up. Strengthen what remains is about to die. So, probably started out well, and things are going downhill, and they're getting close to being over. 
in his church. And he says, strengthen what remains, whatever life you still have, whatever understanding you still have, whatever truth you still have. For I found your deeds, what? Unfinished. They started, but they didn't finish in the sight of God. So what do you do? Well, he tells us, uh, go back to what you heard and believed at first. And if you're not a Jesus follower, you know, I think this predeciding thing can work just as well for you. But for Jesus followers, when you entered in God's family, accepted that gift of salvation, uh, you started to learn some things, some basic things, right? The grace and mercy of God we just sang about and, and, and different things. And then as time goes on, sometimes we start chasing rabbits and, and start making un less important things more important. He says, okay, okay, just go back to that basic, foundational, important stuff that you heard at first. Hold tightly, firmly to it. Don't let go. And then he uses the word repent. Repent uh, means turn around, right? So they're headed toward death. He says, all right, turn around to life. Now, it's really important that you and I repent of something, that we turn away from something that's negative in our lives, that, but you can turn away to something else that's negative in your life. So he says, repent and turn to me. To, to God, to truth, to what's beneficial in your life. So if you haven't finished, go back to the basics and proceed from there. So again, what have you started? What have I started but I haven't finished? Paul, another place, say it's Corinthians, he's addressing this topic of giving and it's been mentioned in the video earlier also. And uh, Paul started these churches around the Mediterranean, and the church started in Jerusalem. Well, we read in the book of Acts, the church in Jerusalem was having some really hard times. And so they're collecting money from these newer churches to send back to Jerusalem. And the church at Corinth is one of those churches, and Paul's writing to them. And here's what he says. Here's my advice to you. It would be good for you to do what? Finish what you started years ago. So evidently, the word went out, there's a financial need in church in Jerusalem. The church in Corinth said, okay, I'll start giving. I'll start giving to, to help the people in Turkey and Syria, whatever. All right? That was years ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and evidently give, gave. And you were the first to be, actually begin doing. So they had good intentions, and they followed through on those intentions, right? at least initially. And that's kind of like most of us, like we have good intentions and initially we'll, we'll start doing whatever that is. But now what does he say? Now you should finish what you started. So they evidently didn't finish. They made a commitment to, you know, $10,000 and they gave maybe $5,000 and never gave the rest, right? So finish what you started. Let the eagerness, there's that enthusiasm you showed at the beginning, be matched now by your giving. Follow through. Finish. Give in proportion to what you have. So what is the big deal about not following through? What's the big deal of not finishing? What's the big deal if I quit? 
let me suggest a couple things to you. Every decision you and I make, every decision you and I make, it's on your outline, is a vote, that's the best word to use or not, toward your future. It influences who you are. It becomes part of your character, if you will, right? So, if I'm persistent, persevere, I'm building up that part of character. When I give up or quit, I am not building up character. That's less of what we would call good character. So on your outline again, deciding to quit is voting for what? I don't have what it takes. I don't know, back when I was a kid and teenager, if somebody called me a quitter, eh, I got under my skin. I don't know about you guys, right? I know I'm, I'm no quitter. So, what are you building into your character? Perseverance. Or, eh, not important. Not quitting. So again, when I commit, I don't quit. Big things, little things. I'm a finisher. Now, we're all going to have our own personal stories. I've got things, some tough things I've had to do in my life. And in our church tradition, um, become a pastor, you go to four years of regular college, and then you do three years in a seminary. So that's seven years past high school. Some of you just were glad you got through high school, right? Um, some of you may have more education than that. But that's quite a commitment. It is easy somewhere along the line to just quit. The time, money, expense. You know, I haven't made a basically a set in my life when I'm 24 years old because I've been in school all those years, right? I could have started 18 making money. I could have been a millionaire by then. <laughs> but when I commit, I don't quit. And then most of you know that we were served as international missionaries in Portugal. Um, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was learn to speak Portuguese. Not just learn to speak it. I became a pastor there. So everything I do as a pastor here, speaking in front of people, counseling, weddings, funerals, I had to learn to do that in another language. How many people here know another language? Somebody. We have a lady that from overseas, I think she's from Haiti, <laughs> that she knows English now. She was in the first service. But that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? And she speaks with an accent, and some of her words are hard to understand. Um, so, we were in Portugal about four months, my wife started speaking Portuguese. Now, most of you know my wife. You can't stop her from talking very easily, can you? So, yeah, four months in, I couldn't speak anything better than hi and goodbye. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. But I'm a studier, and so I'd go to language class. My wife did too. And I would study, and I would study, and I would study. About two years in, guess what? I'm a pastor speaking Portuguese, preaching in Portuguese. It's only with God's help, obviously. John's here. One of the hardest things I've ever done physically is to run this 50-mile goofy race, right? Um, it, and I did it, what did I do it, 13 times in a row. And it didn't start till I was 52. Um, but after I ran the first one, I, it was crazy. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 52 years old. I didn't train right or anything. But I finished. And uh, I was determined I could do better. And I, I did do better in following years. 
But people think about it. You think about it, 50 miles in one day is kind of crazy, right? And people say, well, how do you do it? I basically tell them, just don't stop. As long as you have the stamina to keep going, eventually you get to 50 miles. And it only takes, you know, with a little running, 10 out 12 hours only anyway, right? So, and really hard. The last time I tried, I probably shouldn't have because sometimes you should quit. And I tried to run it and I couldn't. So I had to quit in the middle, unfortunately. So, what is it in your life that you've committed to? I've been married over 46 years. That's quite a commitment, right? Some of you married a couple months. <laughs> yeah. Just getting started. But you're finishers, right? My son, I'm talking about my son. Um, so, verse we talked about last week. We're almost finished. <clears throat> Paul's writing again. And he said this in Acts. He's uh, getting ready to go back to Jerusalem. And he kind of knows what's going to happen. He's going to get arrested. <laughs> he said, my life is worth nothing to me unless. Pretty strong statement, right? My life is worth nothing to me unless. What's the unless? Unless I finish the work assigned by me by the Lord Jesus. So my life isn't about me. It's about the Lord, my Lord Jesus. And in his specific case, it was work of telling others, again, it's work, the good news about the wonderful grace of God. It's a wonderful message, but it still is work. So he said, my life is worth nothing. My portfolio is worth nothing. <laughs> my education is worth nothing. Uh, my accumulation of stuff is worth nothing unless I can use it to finish the work assigned. So why could Paul finish, it's on your outline, finish the race? Why do we finish, a, how, how do we finish a 50-mile race? We do training, right? He wasn't running for himself. He said, worth for nothing. This race I'm running is worth nothing unless I'm running God's race. So how do you and I do it? Well, same way, right? We run it. For God. I've been pastoring a long time. I felt like quitting a few times. More than a few times. My wife felt like quitting a few times. Um, but we're running. It's not, it, it's not our race. It's God's race for us. And then the second thing is you take the next step. You can't run a 46-year-old marriage in the first two months. Can't do it, right? But you can take that next step. The ultimate example, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He left heaven. Can you imagine leaving heaven? It's just mind-boggling to me. He leaves heaven, comes to earth, lives this perfect life, which is impossible for anybody else. And then he gets to the last week of his life, and he says, I'm headed to Jerusalem. And he knew exactly why he was going to Jerusalem. You and I wouldn't have went, would we? We wouldn't have went the other way. He was going to suffer and die on a cross, right? So the week goes on. And I got to thinking about finishing. After he was beaten, he had to carry the cross piece of the, of the cross up the hill. How did he do that with the blood loss and everything? Again, one step at a time, right? 
And he was stepping to his death, torture, torturous death. So he's on the cross, and the last thing, recorded words of Jesus is this. When Jesus had tasted, he said, it is finished. The ultimate task for mankind is finished. I've been the perfect lamb. Now I'm being slaughtered for the sins of the world. Not that I'm finished. Jesus wasn't finished. But the task he was called to was finished. And of course, three days later, he raised us from the dead, bowed his head, and gave up the spirit. So, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? A little bit of warning here. The trajectory is always toward what? I always say, which, which is the only way you can drift? Downhill. Easy. One step at a time. One of my favorite, favorite illustrations about finishing comes from a guy who was a runner. In the 1902 Barcelona Olympics, he was in the 400 meters, British um, Derek Redmond, and he was projected to win. This wasn't even the final race, this was the preliminaries. And just a minute, watch a minute video of what happened. Ah, how many times I've seen that still brings tears to my eyes. These guys trained for years. His dream was, of course, to run the 400 meters in the Olympics. Now, officially, guess what? Did he finish the race? Record books. Not finished. He finished, didn't he? And the other amazing thing about it was he didn't finish it by himself. He could have. He had the determination. But who came alongside him? His father. And just like his father came alongside of him, our father, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes alongside of us anytime we're struggling to try and finish. So I put on your outline, you and I never run alone. Jesus is always on beside us. So, why is it so important? What is so many people quit? Because quitting is an option. We got married. We said the D word was an option. I like how Rick Warren says it. We're not divorcing. We might kill each other, but we're not going to get divorced. <laughs> not an option. And it's not an option just not to quit. It's, not an, it's an op, not an option not to do well. Finish well. So, when I commit, I don't quit. I'm a finisher. And I got to thinking about some of you folks, some of you don't know very well. But you guys are amazing. Whether it's parenting three or four kids, or five, Dan has six. Being involved in ministry here, especially the last three years, it's been kind of tough, hasn't it? Some of you folks have kids back here. People are teaching those kids, right? Okay, go on and on. But we're out of time. So thank you for your commitment to not quit. Next steps. What have you started you need to finish? I've asked you that several times. What area of your life are you wanting to quit? Don't. Decide you're going to be a finisher. I'm not a quitter. I don't know about you, but I don't like that word. Let me pray with you, and then we'll have another song. Let you go. 
Uh, Father God, thank you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the courage that it brings. I thank you so much that I'm not just walking through life, I'm running through life. I'm running after you, God, and you're right beside me. I thank you that with your help, we can all finish that which is of value, that which, which honors you. God, we have some young people here. Boy, if you could learn that at a younger age, how would that affect the rest of their lives? But for all of us, this is important. And for anyone that's not a Jesus follower, we're, th we're glad that you're here or watching. And we pray today would be the day that you would understand that, that, that Jesus finished it all. And in your sin and separation from God, Jesus did everything necessary for you to be reconnected with God if you just pray that prayer. God, thank you that you go with us. We're never alone. In your name we pray. Amen.